Welcome to Eat Your Peas, the podcast about doing what's good for yourself, even when you don't feel like it. I'm Lily Rachels, and I'm serving up bite-sized growth principles to help you build happier and healthier relationships. Hey guys, welcome back to Eat Your Peas. So I'm recording this in my closet right now because they're doing some demolition across the street from my house. So hopefully you won't hear any jackhammering while I'm talking. But if you do, thank you for still listening. So today we're talking about self-awareness and how to cultivate a better level of self-awareness. So self-awareness is the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. And people tend to overestimate their level of self-awareness. It's that old saying, we don't know what we don't know. So when you think of self-awareness, think about opening the map app on your phone. And once you type in the address of where you want to go, the first thing your phone does is it searches for your current location. And self-awareness is the same way. You have to know where you're starting in order to cultivate it. So here are five things you can do to help cultivate a stronger sense of self-awareness. Number one, I want you to be curious about yourself. Think of yourself as your own scientific experiment and start to ask yourself questions like, where am I defensive? Where do I judge other people? Where do I start to get uncomfortable? And be willing to see yourself in a less than positive light. Now, this is not the time to shame or guilt yourself. You're merely opening yourself up and being vulnerable enough with yourself to say, maybe the way I'm currently looking at something is not the only way to look at it. Or maybe what I think of myself and how I perceive my own actions and behaviors is not truly what I'm doing. So be curious. Number two, I want you to notice the energy that you bring into the room. So whenever we interact with another human being, it's either positively or negatively charged. So think about a long continuum. On one hand, you have euphoria, and on the other hand, you have devastation. So somewhere along that continuum is our interaction, meaning when someone interacts with us, they leave feeling a little better or a little worse, a lot better or a lot worse. And it's the same thing for us with another person. We feel a little better or a little worse. So start to just notice your own energy. Um, Some people like to refer to it as the vibration. So when you come into a room, are you raising or lowering the vibration? I think we've all probably hung out with that friend that at the end of like dinner or whatever you did together, you leave and you're just like, oh, I'm exhausted. Like I'm mentally exhausted from talking to this person. And on the other hand, you've left feeling great. Like I'm on top of the world. I feel so good after interacting with this person. So you're just noticing where your energy level is. Step number three, feel your feelings. Oftentimes feelings are labeled masculine or feminine or good or bad. And we learn at an early age to not identify with those things. So we're going to unlearn that and we're gonna focus on truly feeling what we're feeling. So how to do this? Step one, notice that something changed. Just notice. Notice that something inside of you is feeling differently than it did five seconds ago. Step two, physically feel it in your body. So for me, if I am angry or upset, I tend to feel it in my forehead region of my body. 
If I feel something in my heart, it's typically anxiety, like the chest area. And then sadness for me, I always feel in my gut. If I am distraught, I feel it in my gut. So notice something's off and then just start to notice where am I physically feeling this in my body. The next thing I want you to do is label your feeling. And if you need to do a Google search of a feelings chart just to get some terms um, that you might not be familiar with into your mind, do that. And then label what you're feeling. Like what most closely resembles this feeling? And if anger is your first thought, that might be what you're feeling. But go ahead and dig a little deeper because a lot of times we use anger as a blanket over a multitude of feelings. And if you're in a space where you can do it, go ahead and journal. Either write a couple pages or a quick sentence, whatever is better for you, just to get that feeling out on paper. So again, you're just learning how to process and feel your feelings. Step four, ask another person how they see you. So I encourage you to only do this with someone that you're comfortable being really vulnerable with. Um, because you're opening yourself up for potential criticism, right? If you don't have someone in your life that you trust in that way, this would be a good time to seek out a therapist, a coach, a mental health professional. But ask another person, how do you perceive me? Well, what do you think my motives are? How would you define my character? What do you think my biggest desire in life is? And what you're doing is you're just getting someone else's perspective on who you are as a person. Again, because we're trying to cultivate a larger realm of self-awareness. And step five, be open to change. My grandfather used to say, people's minds are like concrete. They're all mixed up and hard as a rock. Meaning we hold on so tightly to what we think is the correct way of being that our mind is not open to other possibilities. So it's letting go of that idea that your way is the only way and being open to the possibility that you're not perceiving yourself the way that you actually are, that you do have on those blinders, that what you're doing now may not be the best course of action for you. So I hope you'll try these things this week. Be curious about yourself. Notice the energy you bring into the room. Feel your feelings. Ask another person that you trust about yourself and be open to change. Don't forget to eat your peas. Until next time.